Welcome back to eMigCast. We're here for another consult corner, this time for obstetrics and gynecology. I'm Allison, a third-year medical student at OHSU, and this is my first episode, so bear with me, team. I promise to edit out all the awkward silences. Today, we're joined by Dr. Amanda Ecker, assistant professor of OBGYN at OHSU. Thank you for joining us here today on eMigCast. I just wanted to start off by asking you about your role here at the hospital and what exactly it is that you do. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak. I am one of the general OBGYNs within the OBGYN department. I have additional training in minimally invasive gynecologic surgery, and so I specialize in treatment of pelvic pain, abnormal bleeding, and fibroids. Thank you. And how does your specialty and your role in particular interact with patients in the ER? What gets you called by an ER physician? We provide a consult service for patients with a variety of complaints. I think it's sometimes difficult for ER physicians to figure out when to call an OBGYN because the range of patient complaints is so broad, some ranging from a variety of simple problems to very complex problems. So we address early pregnancy complaints, non-pregnant gynecologic complaints, postpartum issues. So we really do span a wide range of female patients. I think the most important thing is we're happy to either provide a phone consultation or an in-person consultation for any any patient that the ER physician is not comfortable managing, we're always around and available and happy to provide that service. So specific patients that the ER generally consults us about is either pain or bleeding in early pregnancy, pregnancies of unknown location, um, patients who present with pelvic pain, pelvic masses, patients with heavy or abnormal bleeding, postpartum issues, and then the primary um, thing that we always want to be called about is any complication from a surgery that was performed on the patient recently. Is there anything that you see being called more frequently? I would say probably the most frequent consult questions that we get are heavy bleeding in early pregnancy, so management of miscarriages, pregnancies of unknown location, because we're able to provide the follow-up that patients need when the pregnancy location is unknown. And then probably the third most common would be patients with very heavy bleeding requiring transfusion or kind of more immediate or urgent stopping of their, of their bleeding complaints. So if a patient with abnormal bleeding who's pregnant comes into the ER, what would you like the physicians to do before consulting you? So it's helpful to have as much information as possible before we come down to see the patient. So confirmation of pregnancy is always helpful. So either a pregnancy test or a serum HCG that gives us a quantitative value. Um, A pelvic ultrasound is generally beneficial. And depending on the amount of bleeding, it's very helpful to have a CBC. We always would want to type and screen as well on those patients so that we can ensure that they don't need Rogam administered during their visit. And any physical exam findings that you would look for on the consult before you were able to visit the patient? I would say that's probably one of the biggest 
gaps or mistakes that happen when we get consulted on a patient. Oftentimes the provider has not performed a pelvic exam yet, and it's a very helpful piece of information. It's really the, the only exam component that is important to our portion of the consult, so it's extremely helpful if that's already been performed before we come down to see the patient. And what we specifically want to focus on is a speculum exam to kind of comment on the amount of bleeding. So if you can quantify the amount of blood that's in the vaginal vault already, whether there's any actively coming out through the cervix, you know, kind of how brisk it is, that really helps us know how much the patient's bleeding and, you know, to what urgency this consult needs to be performed. The second part of the exam that's helpful is the bimanual exam. So actually kind of gauging the size of the uterus, you know, are there obvious palpable fibroids, specific to the pregnant patient, you know, do they have any adnexal tenderness that might make us more concerned that this actually could be an ectopic pregnancy, any adnexal mass is palpable. And a lot of ER physicians, I think, are not as comfortable with the pelvic exam as a gynecologist, and they don't need to be, but at least starting that exam gives us a place to start and can be super helpful. So we generally prefer that that's already been performed by the time we're called to see the patient. That's really good to know. Thank you. I've heard that there's some discomfort or some hesitancy in performing the exam when you will be coming down to probably perform the exam again. It's good to hear that that's something that needs to be done before you get the call. Does your evaluation of the patient change when they're not pregnant, and if so, how? That's a great question. So I think in my mind, I kind of have a branching tree of creating a differential diagnosis for the patient. And the first step of that branch point is whether the patient's pregnant or not. So if the patient's pregnancy test comes back positive, I kind of follow down the diagnostic and differential diagnosis tree that we've kind of already talked about. If the pregnancy test comes back as negative, I'm thinking different things. I'm thinking, you know, polyps, fibroids, other structural causes of abnormal uterine bleeding, things like adenomyosis. And then the other category is kind of hormonal causes, so perimenopausal hormonal disturbances, thyroid abnormalities, HPA access dysfunction, either from life stressors or, you know, low or high weights. And the workup is mostly the same. I mean, again, if the patient comes in with heavy bleeding, you should always get a type and screen in case they're going to need a transfusion. You should get a CBC to look at their current hemodynamics status and a pelvic ultrasound is going to help you kind of rule out most of those structural things that I mentioned. And that's kind of the bulk of the workup that starts early on, and then it can be kind of further tuned in later. The evaluation is going to be largely the same on exam as well. Again, kind of looking at the degree of active bleeding, feeling the size of the uterus, evaluating for tenderness. So there's really not too much that's different about it other than what your differential diagnosis is going to contain. Great. That's good to know. You mentioned before one of the big mistakes was not performing the pelvic exam. What other mistakes do you see ER physicians making before they call a consult? In general, I think our ER physicians are fantastic, and you know I recognize that they're working in a very fast-paced environment, often very busy and backlogged with a large variety of patients. So I definitely want to emphasize that I think our ER colleagues do a fantastic job. I think doing the exam before calling the consultation is very helpful, as I mentioned before. A few other things that I've run into, and that doesn't happen so commonly here, um, but I have heard of it happening elsewhere where the pregnancy test doesn't 
doesn't get ordered on patients until later down when the OBGYN gets involved and thinks to order it. In any patient that's reproductive aged, an HCG should just be performed. And like I said, I think our emergency room here is very good at doing that, but it's definitely something you want to think about if you are practicing in a different emergency room. A few other things that I've encountered over the years, sometimes the wrong imaging study is ordered. I think it's important to recognize in almost all situations a pelvic ultrasound is the preferred imaging modality for GYN complaints. It's just a better way of evaluating the ovaries and the uterus. So, you know, in patients with bleeding, starting with a pelvic ultrasound instead of going right to a CAT scan or an MRI is almost always going to be the recommended imaging modality. Pain complaints are a little bit different because sometimes providers are trying to rule out appendicitis, so I know that leads them to order different imaging studies. Other times I've encountered kind of wrong imaging studies are post-operative complaints, so depending on the level of concern or the type of complication that might be an issue after a surgery, that's really going to dictate the type of imaging that should be ordered to evaluate the appropriate organ system. So a post-operative patient presenting with issues, that patient would best be served by calling the consult service first that performed the surgery on the patient to determine what the appropriate type of imaging study to be ordered would be. And then I think the last mistake that I've encountered is sometimes the wrong service gets consulted. This is primarily for pain complaints, abdominal and pelvic pain. It's often difficult to sort out the etiology of the pain, right? There are so many intra-abdominal organs layered on top of each other, so sometimes it's difficult to sort out which service should be consulted. But I've encountered a couple instances where There was really a lot of suspicion for appendicitis, and so general surgery got involved early on, and GYN was not involved. And then down the road, it was discovered actually that it was an ovarian mass and adnexal torsion that was the etiology of our pain. And so if there's too much of a delay in contacting us or getting the right service involved, sometimes there can be consequences associated with that, like loss of the ovary if it really does go on too long. So... In general, the emergency room does a great job, though. I just want to stress that one more time. Thank you. So in that scenario, would you just recommend having a high suspicion for other scenarios just to be prepared for something more serious? Or were there certain things that they could have looked for ahead of time? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I think it's it's hard. We often want to hone in on a diagnosis as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And in doing so, sometimes you narrow your differential diagnosis too much. So, you know, trying to keep a broad differential diagnosis early on until you have, you know, adequate information that really makes your diagnosis as certain as it possibly can be, I think is important. And I think that that's the one other thing that I can think of that would help avoid that scenario is, again, going back to the idea of starting with a pelvic ultrasound for imaging. Again, it's a better imaging modality for GYN complaints. So it's possible if you start with a CT scan to rule out appendicitis that you don't get a good look at the ovaries and you don't see that adnexal cyst that's actually the true problem. So it may be in the best interest of the patient to start with a pelvic ultrasound if she presents with right lower quadrant pain, even if you automatically 
automatically assume that it's appendicitis because it's right lower quadrant pain. It's just something to think about. I mean, each patient situation is so different. And I think if there's any concern or just a nagging possibility that this is something different than what you thought, we are always happy to field phone calls and answer questions about what we feel like would be the most helpful imaging modality or whether we feel like we should see the patient early on. Definitely something good to keep in mind. Can you tell us about a case that either exemplifies a terrible consult or sets a really great example of how a consult can help patients in your field? Yeah, this is a great question. I'm kind of a glass half full person, so I'm going to choose to focus (laughs) on the great example. Within the last few weeks, I was consulted on a patient in the emergency room that presented with heavy vaginal bleeding. She had had a known recent miscarriage with falling beta HCGs and had an ultrasound in the emergency room that demonstrated likely retained products of conception. And so her workup was completely thorough prior to them calling the consultation. She had had a pelvic exam. They got vital signs and she was hemodynamically stable, not felt to be bleeding so excessively that she was going to become unstable. And the pelvic ultrasound results were already back before we were called. So it made the consult super efficient and easy to complete by having all of the information that we needed. We went down to discuss options with the patient and kind of talk to her about conservative management versus medical management with um, mesoprostol for her retained products versus doing a dilation and curatage to surgically evacuate the uterus. After our counseling, the emergency room physician graciously offered to provide anxiolysis um, for the patient, and we actually were able to complete just a bedside evacuation of her uterus in the emergency room. And to me, this exemplifies the perfect cooperative relationship. The patient was able to avoid a trip to the operating room. We didn't have to, you know, undergo the hours of waiting to get up to the operating room that would have been required the resources that are involved with opening an emergent OR after hours, and the patient was able to go home from the emergency room and recover from her episode of bleeding and retained products. So I was very appreciative of the way that this case played out and the way that the ER physicians were so collaborative, and it's really a great example of of teamwork and utilizing our hospital resources to their fullest potential. That's a great example. Thank you for sharing that story. Is there anything else that you would want a future ER doc to know about your job or about theirs? I think sometimes it's hard to figure out what falls within the purview of an OBGYN. We do have such a broad specialty. We take care of a wide range of problems and a complex range of women. So I think my uh, biggest emphasis is just the patient complaints can be complex or can be simple. The provider comfort with addressing those complaints is also very varied depending on your training and where you're practicing and what resources are available to you. So, you know, I think it's entirely appropriate for emergency room physicians to manage easy patients that they feel comfortable with GYN complaints in the emergency room. But for any moment that you don't feel comfortable managing 
patients. We are always available, at least here at OHSU. We have an in-house OBGYN attending 24-7, as well as a team of residents. So we are always happy to take phone calls about questions about whether a patient needs to be seen or just how we would manage this particular patient. I would urge you not to hesitate to call if you have any questions. Um, We are always available and we are always happy to help. And one last question for anyone wishing to hone their OB skills in the emergency department. Are there any resources you would recommend for further reading or understanding of those conditions? There are a lot of great resources out there. Going back as basic as Netter's anatomy is extremely helpful for kind of vaginal and pelvic anatomy. I think practicing pelvic exams as frequently and as often as possible, particularly with someone else who can repeat the exam and kind of confirm whether your exam findings were correct or incorrect, can give you the feedback to kind of further fine tune your exam skills. And then there are a variety of literature resources out there for increasing your basic OBGYN knowledge. But I think just the more you see and the more exams you do and the more consultants you talk to, your knowledge base will gradually grow and you'll start to feel more comfortable with things perhaps that you didn't feel comfortable with when you started. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today and sharing with your experiences. It's given us a lot of insight into um, OB calls in the emergency department and how to handle those scenarios. Thank you so much. I hope to see you in the emergency room sometime soon.